for prepare yourself. Amen? He's saying prepare yourself. He's getting ready to move in a mighty way. He's getting ready to move in a mighty way. And I believe that this is a timely message. Oh, I love how the Holy Ghost confirms his word. Amen? Oh, he just confirms it. Hallelujah. 1 Peter chapter 4. I'm going to read verses 12 through 19. Hallelujah. It says, Beloved, do not think it is strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you. For the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part he's blasphemed, but on your part he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, as a thief, as an evildoer, or as a busybody in other people's matters. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. For the time has come for the judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will the end of those which do not obey the gospel of God? Now if the righteous one is scarcely saved, where will the ungodly and the sinner appear? Therefore let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him in doing good as a faithful creator. This morning, I want to talk about what it means to suffer as a Christian. What does it mean to suffer as a Christian? Now, let me start off by laying this disclaimer out right now. That it's not the will of God for you to suffer with things that Christ redeemed you from. But through the, his work on the cross. All right? See, the devil has perverted this topic so much that many Christians think that they're bringing God glory by maybe holding on to a sickness or a disease in their body. Look it up for yourself. Every time a person was healed, it brought glory to God. Amen? Now, every time that a person was delivered from evil spirits, it brought glory to God. There are some denomination, denominations that take a vow of poverty and when they enter into the ministry. And the Bible refers to poverty as a curse. I said you don't have to suffer with things that Christ redeemed you from. Amen? Now, so I'm talking about what it means to suffer as a Christian. What does it mean? There's a denomination that forbids leaders from getting married. See, that's not scriptural. Uh, the Bible says that it's better to marry than to burn. Amen? In fact, the apostle Peter, the apostle Peter had a wife, right? Didn't Jesus go in and heal the, Peter's mother-in-law of a fever? Amen? Well, I can't be talking about that suffering. So what's the result of that? Well, many of those ministers molest little children. And we all know the big scandals. You see it on CNN and Fox News. Amen? See, anytime a person, a church, or a denomination decides to stray from the word of God by adding to it or taking away from its message, the results are disastrous. Can you say amen to that? Let me show you something here in Revelation 22. Revelation 22, verses 18 and 19. I just want to bring this up. This is powerful. 
says, for I testify to everyone who hears the words of this prophecy of this book. Hence, the word of God. If anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of this book, of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city and from the things that are written in this book. So what's the message in that verse? Don't alter God's message. Stick with the word of God. Don't read what you believe. Believe what you read. Amen? See, if we would just do that, a whole bunch of these scandals would have been avoided. Right? A whole bunch of trash would have been avoided in the body of Christ. Now, so let me tell you this. You will suffer as a Christian. How? You will be persecuted. You will be slandered. False accusations will come your way. Amen? They will. Just wait and see if you haven't got it already. You will be hated and shunned by some family members because of your commitment to Christ. And let me tell you this. You will even be backstabbed by some fellow Christians. Amen? You're going to suffer as a Christian. How many of you had trouble or tribulation on the job because of your, your faith in Christ? Amen? There you go. Boy, it'd be nice to see more hands of that. That must mean, must mean you're not talking about Christ at your workplace. Amen. But listen to me. It's bad enough that we have the world to deal with and the enemy. But when it comes from within the family of God, how tragic is that? Amen? So we need to watch out. We need to make sure we're walking the straight and narrow path. Now, I believe with all of my heart that there is a mighty move of God that is about to be unleashed on this earth like never before. You guys sensing that in the spirit? Something, God's building it up for a move of God like has never been unleashed before on this earth. But with that, there's also gonna be tremendous persecution. There's gonna be suffering on the part of the Christian. If you're gonna stand up and be bold about your faith, you better believe you're gonna suffer for it. You're gonna suffer tribulation for it. We need to prepare for it. We need to expect it. You know, so many Christians are taken back when trials come their way. But look at what the Holy Spirit through Peter said. Look at 1 Peter 4, 12 through 14 again. Beloved, when it says beloved, he's talking to believers, to Christians. Beloved, do not think it's strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing has happened unto you. But I found out there's so many Christians when trials and tribulation come on the workplace or wherever or in their family, they think it's the strange thing. You know, Jesus said we're going to have troubles and tribulation in the world. And I said it before, I said it always seems like that us Christians are always trying to prove Jesus wrong. No, we can fit in, right? We don't have to take it wrong. He said you're going to have it. And just as sure as any of the other promises that are written in the word of God, that promise is sure also. Amen? And then 13, but rejoice to the extent that you are partakers of Christ's suffering. That when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. If you're reproached or if you're put to shame for the name of Jesus Christ, blessed are you. For the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. On their part he's blasphemed, on your part he's glorified. So don't think it's strange when you're persecuted. The Bible says that we're pilgrims on this earth. Do you understand that? We're, we as Christians are not like the world. 
or not supposed to be. Amen? Amen? In fact, it says here that we're supposed to rejoice when we're partaking of the sufferings of Christ. On that person's part who's, who's uh, throwing this slanderous stuff at you, he's blasphemed. But when you're taking it, when you're willing to take the persecution and not back down, it says that you're glorifying the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know about you, but I find that very powerful. I find that extremely powerful. 1 Peter 4.19 Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him in doing good as to a faithful creator. See, the Lord Jesus Christ desires his followers to be so committed to him, so committed to his message, to the point that we won't back down and we'll stand up for righteousness on this earth. He wants us to be bold. He wants us to stand up for him. I want to encourage you, don't back down when you're being persecuted. I know that's, we as humans, we, all, we want to be accepted. We want to be loved by everyone, don't we? I mean, that's just a human nature, right? Well, that's why you got so many people, why, why these young girls fall into promiscuity and into drugs. And all. It's, it's because they want to be accepted. Amen? Human beings need that. But you need to find that acceptance in Jesus Christ alone. You're not going to find it in the world. You're not going to find it in the world. Amen? Amen? So what you're doing is you're, you're, you're being unfaithful to Christ, trying to find the acceptance that you're only supposed to find in him. So there's a disconnection there. Except, uh, so Christians who fail to take a stand for Christ in front of others have failed then, according to the word of God, have failed to glorify him in those situations. Look at 1 Peter 4.15. It says, but let none of you suffer as a murderer, as a thief, an evildoer, or as a busybody in other people's matters. This verse is saying here that we as Christians can bring upon ourselves suffering that's not a godly suffering. Amen? We can bring it on ourselves by our own actions. Our, whenever we step outside of the word of God, you better believe it's going to bring forth a suffering, right? And it's interesting in the verse here, uh, in verse 19 it says, Therefore let those who suffer according to the what? Will of God. It's God's will. See, there's a suffering that's the will of God, and then there's a suffering that's not the will of God. Amen? Amen? Suffering for the will of God means that you're taking the persecution. You're taking the abuse from the world. You're taking the abuse from the family members. Why? Because of your faith in Jesus Christ. But there is a suffering that's not the will of God. Sickness, disease, suffering for your own sinful actions. Amen? Amen? That's just the way it is. Whenever you shut the lights off, it's dark. Whenever you step into sin, you're going to bring judgment upon yourself. Doesn't mean it's the will of God. Amen. Amen. Now, look at uh, Jesus gave his followers a pep talk about persecution when he walked this earth. Go to John 15. Oh, yeah, Jesus gave his followers a pep talk because he, know, he knew that, hey, I, I need to prepare them for this. Because if they're not expecting this, it's going to take the wind right out of their sails. Hello? We need to expect persecution. Amen. John 15, 18 through 21, I want to look at. 
Evidently, it was, a, it was a very important topic, enough for Jesus to bring it up. And we need to listen up when, he does, when, he, when he's talking here. Amen. John 15, 18 through 21. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said unto you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. Verse 21, but all these things they will do for do to you for my name's sake, because they did not know him who sent me. Amen? Now, if you were like the world, they would love and accept you. That's the only way, the word of God says, that the world is going to accept you, if you're like the world. There are too many Christians, too many churches that are conforming to the world rather than the word of God. Why is that? Because, plain and simply, they would rather have the praise and acceptance of men than the praise and acceptance of God. Think about that statement. Go to Matthew 13. Have you ever heard of the term seeker-sensitive? Many Christians turn seeker-sensitive at the expense of not being spirit sensitive. Because Jesus said you're going to have tribulation. So why are you always trying to avoid it? You're going to have it if you're going to live a godly and righteous life on this earth. You're just going to have it. Amen? What's the, what's the back side of that? Turning your back on Christ. Fine. You want that? Then you'll be accepted by the world. Matthew 13. 20 through 21. The parable of the sower. I just want to read two verses here that ties into this. But he who received the seed on, on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, Immediately he stumbles. Now does that verse, those two verses not tie into exactly what I'm talking about right now. Listen to me. Let me give you a principle here. And if you haven't taken notes, write this down. Disappointment. Disappointment occurs in a person's life when there are failed expectations. Disappointments occurs, disappointment occurs in a person's life when there are failed expectations. People get disappointed by their spouse because they thought marriage would solve their problems. When in fact it adds to problems to your life if your life is a mess before you get married. Can you say amen to that? People get disappointed in churches because they expect every person, including the pastor, to be perfect. Failed expectations cause disappointment. Many walk away from Christ because something a minister has done. Come on. I know people get, can get dis disillusioned, but come on. That's a lame excuse. Some people are just plain lazy and try to find any excuse for not to be accountable 
in their Christian walk with God. They'll try to find any excuse to back away from Christ because there was no root. There was no root. Sure, they heard the message. They heard all the benefits. Sounded real good. But there was no root in them. No commitment. See, many fallen ministers were preaching the word of God like they were supposed to do. But their personal walk with the Lord was totally out of order. Which they're going to have to give an account for to God for their personal walk. Amen? Amen? They're going to. And to be honest with you, with my knowledge and experience in the deliverance ministry and having ministered healing and deliverance to past, full-time pastors and to their wives, nothing surprises me anymore. Nothing surprises me anymore with this stuff. Because get, get this now, they're as human as anyone else and they can climb right in the flesh just as quick as any of you sitting in here listening to me on the radio or internet. Amen? Amen. So failed expectations always cause disappointment. What are your expectations? You expecting everyone to be perfect? I got news for you, brother and sister. Everyone in this place, there's no perfect person in this place right now. So you might as well take that expectation and throw it out the window. Because if you keep that expectation up, next time another brother or sister in the Lord hurts you, offense is going to come up in you. Bitterness is going to come up with you. Disappointment's going to come up in you. Why? Because failed expectations always breed disappointment. Amen. Now, um, so what happens, this parable here of the sower, a person repeats the sinner's prayer, I touched on it, repeats the sinner's prayer simply because they think all their problems are going to be over, and when persecution comes, they forsake Christ because their conversion was based on the wrong expectations, the wrong motives. Because the minister or the person that led them to Christ didn't tell them, hey, guess what, when you make this conversion, all right, you're going to have tribulation. Jesus didn't have a problem with telling his followers that. Amen? You're going to have it. So, so they get saved on the wrong motives. And uh, instead, what they really needed to get saved for is to realize that they're a sinner on their way to hell without the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. I love The Way of the Master. How many of you ever watched The Way of the Master with Kirk Cameron and uh, Ray Comfort? Oh my, that brings it home so close and watching them minister to people on the streets. They bring up, have you broken this commandment? Have you broken, well yeah, yeah, yeah. Well it's showing them you're a sinner. If you broke, you know, that the law is not called the laws, plural, but it's called the law. So if you broke one commandment, you broke the whole law. It's all you bring. And that shows others and us the need for the Lord Jesus Christ in our life. Amen? Jesus. Now, many value the world, and many value worldly television shows more than the Word of God. You know, I know there's some clean and wholesome, wholesome shows and entertainment on TV, but let's face it, they're few and far between. Amen? Most of the shows are filled with sex, drugs, violence, the occult, witchcraft, and the list could go on and on. I'll tell you, I'm very excited to get out there in Houston, Texas, and Atlanta, Georgia, and minister to those kids. Hallelujah. To pull down the strongholds of the, of the enemy that he's been trying to bring upon the youth in this generation. Amen? And opening the eyes of the parents 
What are you doing, parents? What are you doing? Letting them watch this film. And then the parents come running to the pastor and say, my, my kid's a mess. Well, what do you think they're a mess for? Amen? So pray for those meetings down there in Houston and Atlanta. But let's face it, the goal of those shows and the devil is to sensitize you and I to the message that they're portraying. Satan knows, now listen to me, listen to this. Satan knows that once you've now believed in Christ and you're saved, he knows it's a real slim chance to take you back into your same belief. Are you following me? Once you, you know you have that realization that Christ is the Son of God, that he did come to the he knows it's a real slim chance that you're going to go back, you're, you're going to become an atheist, okay? Real slim. There's some that do it, come on. But it's a very slim chance. So his, miss, his mission then is to desensitize you enough so that there's no distinction between you as a Christian and the world. Because he knows the Bible says that you're called an ambassador for Christ. Oh, and there's no greater blasphemy than for someone who represents someone to go and be a traitor for that one he represents. Are you following me? Think about that. So he knows, all right, I might not be able to get that person who, who, who's a Christian now to go back and become an atheist where they came from, but boy, I can sure muck up the name of Christ by the way they live their life. Oh, come on. So then someone will say, when they try to talk to someone about Jesus, that, that unsaved person is going to say, you're telling me about Christ? You're in the bars, you're drinking, you're sleeping around, you're doing all this junk. Amen. It's that simple. So number one, he doesn't want you to move forward with God in your personal walk with him. Number two, he doesn't want you to stand up and proclaim the word of God and endure persecution. Amen. So he's trying to brainwash you with all these shows. He's trying to desensitize you. Now, think about this. Christians who want the acceptance of the world more, of, more than God, think of how foolish that is. Caring more about the opinions and expectations of the people. More than the one that has the power to toss you and I in the lake of fire for eternity. But we care more about someone who's in the flesh. How they're going to think about us. While we ignore the one who has the power to cast us into the lake of fire. I don't know about you. That's powerful thought to me. That's powerful thought. See... Sometimes we can go on with things in our life and we're just, we're, we're living, we can live a life of deception where we get so focused on the worldly things we forget about spiritual things. That's why the Bible says stay heavenly minded. Look up, stay heavenly minded. Amen? Amen. So we can, it's possible for Christians to live a life of deception because you're always seeking that, that acceptance of men. Why forsaking God. And that's a sad place if we get into that. So just prepare yourself for tribulation. If you're going to live a life according to the word of God, and you're ready to do that, just be prepared for persecution. You're going to be looked at as a Jesus freak. You're going to be called a holy roller. But you just put a smile on your face and say, yes, I am. That's right, I am. That's right, I am. 
I am going to live a holy life for the Lord Jesus Christ. I am going to be an ambassador for Jesus. Look at 1 Peter 4, 1 through 4. Hallelujah. I believe this is such a timely message for what God's trying to prepare. Because, listen to me, with any great move of God, persecution follows. And you can read all the books on all the revivals that's happened, the Azusa Street Revival, all of these other revivals that have taken place. They're looked at as nuts. Amen? They are. <laughs> they're looked at as, as just, uh, oh, they're just emotional. Oh, they're just, oh, come on now. So they, they, there's a lot of persecution going on. So you get ready. Amen? When people, when, when this city's going to start people in this church and other churches just, just go wild for Jesus, you better believe <laughs> the persecution that the the saints had in the past, it's going to be upon us also. First Peter 4.1, as I'm getting ready to finish up here. It says, therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. That he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of God. For we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lewdness, lust, drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. In regard to these, they think it's strange that you do not run with them in the same uh, flood of dissip dissipation speaking evil of you. That first verse 1 says, arm yourself by renewing your mind with the word of God. That Me being a pilot, commercial pilot and flight instructor and when I fly airlines this immediately when it said arm yourself in the cockpit of an airliner as they're coming in approach to landing there's a little switch for the spoilers the spoilers are little things on the wing little uh, pieces of, of metal on the wings and when the spoilers come up it comes up like this to add drag and slow the aircraft down for landing all right so so there's a little switch for the spoilers that says arm spoilers. So the pilots flip, flip it on as they're on final approach to the airport. What happens is when those wheels touch the runway, boom, touch, boom, spoilers come up to help slow the airplane down on the runway. And when this said arm yourselves, when that persecution comes, boom, arm yourselves right now. Be prepared for it. Just as that airliner hits the runway and those spoilers were armed right when those, those wheels hit, boom, it's ready to go. You as a Christian need to arm yourself. Be ready to go. Be ready to go. Go into the battle knowing you're going to get some, some attacks. Amen? Arm yourself. Now, verse 4 gives us a clue of the normal response that the world should have toward a person that becomes born again. What's the normal response that an unsaved person should have toward a Christian? Verse 4, look at it. In regard to these things, the drunkenness, the drunken party, all these other things you did in the past, they think it's strange that you don't run with them to these things. Amen? Your unsaved friends and others will think that you're a nut, that you are forsaking them, and that you don't want to partake in sin. So my question is, why are so many professing Christians, why do they think that they are saved and in right standing with God while being motivated by the very things that God condemns? Think about it. Why? Doesn't make sense, does it? 
Just doesn't make sense. The normal response should be you're abstaining from these things and your old friends say, boy, you're a nut. You're a freak. You're a Jesus freak. You're a holy roller. Go to church with your body. Yeah, I will. Amen. They're going to think you're a nutcase. Trust me. And if they don't, if they don't see that distinction in you, you need to make some changes in your life if you're truly a Christian. Now, I, I will tell you why. Why is this that there are so many Christians that are partaking in these things and they think they're okay? Why is it that they're because the body of Christ as a whole, really, as a body now around the earth, has done a poor job of teaching holiness and the importance of holiness. Done a poor living a right life, living a life according to the Word of God. And word of God. the message has been very watered down in many Christian circles. This is what happens. I've seen this time and time again. Many pastors think this. They think, you know what? I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. So you know what? I, I, I'm not going to preach these hard messages on sin. I, I'm not going to preach this thing on sin. Because you know what? I'm not perfect. So therefore, I'm a hypocrite. But what they're forgetting is this. That first off, it's not their message. It's God's message. Are you hearing me? It's not their message. It's God's message. Whether they feel uh, worthy or not to stand up here and preach it, us ministers have to preach the word of God. And I said this before, and I'll say it again. I preach to myself when I'm up here. I'm preaching to myself. Amen? Nobody's exempt from hearing the word of God. When I'm up here, the anointing's on me. I believe the Lord's given me a message. And if I hold back from that, I'm cheating God out. Now, I'm responsible for my personal life. But when I'm behind this pulpit, I'm going to preach the word of God. And yes, preaching the word of God does include that three-letter word that so many people hate. Sin. Sin. Why? Because I'm preaching to myself too. Nobody's exempt from it. Amen? The preaching or speaking of the cross of Christ is foolishness to the world. Look at 1 Corinthians 1.18. Getting ready to close here. 1 Corinthians 1.18. I, I want to show you why. Why does the world hate us so much? Why do, they, why do we take persecution? Well, because they think the message that we've embraced, the message we know is true, they just think it's a bunch of hogwash. They think it's foolish. Plain and simple. Look at this. 1 Corinthians 1.18. For the message of the cross <clears throat> is foolishness to those who are perishing. It's interesting who it's foolishness to, isn't it? To those who are perishing. To those who are on their way to hell. It's foolishness. But to us, Christians, who are being saved, it is the power of God. See, the world can't grasp the spiritual significance of the cross. So they just think it's a bunch of hogwash. They think it's foolishness and they make fun of us. Amen? The unsaved are either trying to deny that they have sin, number one, or they know it and they simply don't want to drop the pride to submit to, the, to, to God's will by receiving Christ. That's simple. You got some who are deceived, they think they're a good person, right? Then you got the other ones, they know they're a doggone sinner. But they're, they, they're so much pride, they don't, want to, they don't want to submit to Christ, all right? Now, um, so the unsaved are spiritually dead because of the sin nature in their spirit, man. 
But to us Christians, the cross is the power of God that has overcome all weapons of Satan and evil spirits that they can bring against us. Think about that. Everything that the enemy can bring against us, anything the world's going to bring against us, Christ defeated it on the cross. So to us Christians, it's the power of God. And we know that. Now, I want to point something out here as I'm on my end here. That this is interesting that this translation says uh, about the cross, to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. I found that very interesting. Not just to those who are saved, but this translation says to those who are being saved. Well, what's the big deal about that, Pastor James? Well, the Greek word translated saved, sozo, means healed, delivered, protection, and all of the other benefits that go along with salvation. So the benefits of our salvation in Christ are ongoing, not just a one-time experience. Think about this now. If you're in need of healing today, it is avail available to you right now. If you need deliverance, it's available now. If you need protection, it's available to you now. To those who are being saved. Not just a one-time experience of a sinner's prayer and done deal. See, that's where many Christians miss it. And in fact, those are the Christians who, Christians who don't believe that divine healings for today. Those are the Christians who don't believe that miracles still happen today. Those are the Christians that don't believe the power of God is for today. They think it was just a one-time experience. That's it. I'm on my way to hell. Whatever Satan and evil spirits throw on me, I guess I'm just going to have to deal with it and live with it. No, it's to those who are being saved. What are you in need of today? Whatever you're in need of today, you can receive it now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Again, we don't have to suffer with the things that the Lord Jesus Christ has redeemed us from. Ask yourself today, what am I conforming more to in my life? The world or to Christ? Be bold as an ambassador for Jesus Christ. Endure persecution. According to the word of God, persecution for Christ, remember this now, is an honor. You're blessed if you're persecuted for Christ. Begin today to view each topic from God's perspective and not from the worldly perspective. View it from the word of God. Jesus said, in the world you will have trouble, but I give you my peace. Stay close to the Prince of Peace. And just like the Apostle Paul, shake the dust off your feet when persecution comes. And sing praises to God, knowing that your Redeemer lives. Come on now. Shake the dust off of your feet. Get up. Quit having a pity party. You're going to have persecution. So proclaim the message with boldness. Don't back down. Stand up for Jesus because God is counting on you and I to turn the tide on this earth for his glory. Let's stand in this place. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you so much. Forgive us for not being bold. Forgive us for forsaking Christ in those in instances. When in those situations we could have turned the tide, one person, at least one person, could have gotten born again because if we would just been more bold about Christ and our faith in Him. Forgive us, Father. 
Help us to redeem the time. Now maybe there's someone here you've never received Christ. And I'll tell you right now, you will be persecuted for your faith in Christ. But what's the alternative? Going and living in the lake of fire for eternity? Separated from God? I don't think it's much of a choice. If you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today is the day to get a new birthday, to become born again and make Him Lord and Savior your life. I want you to come forward to this altar. Maybe you're a Christian, you have the title, but we, nobody, there's no evidence there. There's no evidence there. You never guessed it. If you want to rededicate your life today, you're pricked today because of this message. If you want to rededicate your life, I want you to come forward to this altar. If you never received the Holy Spirit baptism, I want to invite you to come to this altar to lay hands on you and lead you through a prayer to receive the Holy Spirit baptism. Which is, by the way, a second experience. Don't cheat God out. Don't hinder the kingdom of God by not receiving the Holy Spirit baptism. If it wasn't the will of God, He never would have offered it to Christianism. Now, if you need a healing in your body, if you need a healing in your mind, if you need any kind of prayer other than those other three things, come down to this altar. And if you want to make a fresh commitment to Christ, I want you to come down to this altar and just show Him that you're serious with Him today.
Hallelujah. Lift your hands to the Lord. Just start worshiping. Hallelujah. Pour out yourself to Him. Hallelujah. He's looking for brokenness. I'm going to honor him in everything that I do. How about you? You make that commitment to him. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand clap today. Hallelujah. It's time to let the shame and embarrassment down. Amen. So we can give Jesus what he deserves, our everything. Amen. Well, visitors, thank you so much for coming today. Come back Wednesday, we have, uh, we're going to show the John Bevere video series, the 30-minute video. Youth groups going on, junior high, high, children's, we got something for everybody. If not, come back next Sunday for our Christmas service. We're going to have quite a few uh, uh, specials going on, so I don't know how long I'm going to be able to preach. I think we got quite a bit, don't we, Scott? We got quite a list, don't we? So... Praise God. We want to give everyone an opportunity. If you have a, a talent or something you want to sing, if you want to do, you know, read a scripture or do something, we want everyone, just get involved. And come and see Brother Scott, if that's you, if you want to get involved uh, for the Christmas service. And we will do our best to work you in. Look, I don't care if I even come to the stage. It's important sometimes to get everyone involved. Amen? Amen. Let's put our hands to something. So go out, have a blessed week. And go tell others about Jesus. Amen? Be blessed. With rain, with sun, with much, with less, with joy, with pain, with life, with death.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.